Welcome to another episode of the Head of Nations podcast. I'm your host, Brian, and you can tell this is another one of those episodes that I'm going to be doing solo. And this one, so the last two weeks, I know we didn't do an episode last week, and that's very uncommon for us. It's the second time in almost a year that we've missed an episode. So we were going to do an episode that we'd been wanting to do for a little bit, and it somewhat required Ben's presence and Ben happened to get sick last week, and then this week a giant wrench was thrown in our schedule where we were not able to get together, so I'm just going to pick up the torch and run with it today. So we'll get started with the passage of the week this week, then I'll kind of get into what's new in my nations as it relates to the topic and the passage. Everything's kind of very unified this week, and it's one solid theme, so you'll see as it develops. So our passage is in 2 Timothy in chapter 4, and I'm going to read, it's a lengthier passage, it's verses 1 through 8, but I think it's very important for the episode as far as the topic of the episode, as you'll see in a little bit. So, let's start. It says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For... I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So, this passage is Paul's farewell to Timothy. So, Timothy was someone that Paul had trained up in the faith, someone who had worked tediously and tirelessly alongside of Paul in Paul's ministry, and someone who, to whom Paul is now passing the torch as he sees the end of his life approaching. Paul knows he doesn't have a lot of time left. He knows or has an inkling that he's not going to be on the earth a whole lot longer And he's giving final instructions to Timothy. And it's not a light charge. I mean, if you look at the charge that's laid upon Timothy, he calls upon God and Christ, right? He's like, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. So it's basically for the kingdom of God, with God watching, with Christ Jesus watching this charge being laid upon you. Now I'm delivering it to you. You must preach the word. You must be prepared in season and out of season. You have to correct, rebuke, and encourage people with great patience and careful instruction. Like, this is not a light charge, and it's not a simple charge. There are so many instructions in this charge, but it's really the last words of Paul in written form that we know of to Timothy. And it's what is most important in Paul's mind for Timothy to do, to take up that mantle of leadership and run with it to bring glory to God and to help to build his kingdom on this earth. And so as we look at that verse, to me, 
I just think this is the way of the world in all things, especially in all good things, where there is a leader. That leader runs his race, prepares the next generation, and then when he's done all that he can, he passes that leadership mantle, the baton, if you will, in a relay race, and he's done. And he entrusts all of his work, his life's work, his life's mission, which in this case is also God's mission. He entrusts that to his protege. And we see this in many, many things. Like players at a sport that are excellent become coaches. Those coaches raise up other players that hopefully become coaches. We see in business that CEOs raise up someone else and hopefully mentor them into upper management to hopefully be a CEO. But in a much more important and an eternal setting here, we see Paul has helped train up and raise up through God and through the help of the Holy Spirit, Timothy, to now be that next generation of elder for the early church. So what I want to talk about and somewhat what's new in my kingdom is I want to give some lessons that I have learned from a very important mentor in my life who has just recently passed on to the other side. So I had a I have many mentors. I have several. I don't want to say many. I don't have like a giant plethora of mentors. But this person was really a spiritual mentor, like a father in the faith in some ways to me. And he came to my church several years ago. And really immediately, he was an older gentleman. He immediately got involved in the church. Very strong believer. And just started reaching out to me. Invited me to study the Bible with him to pray with him, to do book studies with him, and would just reach out periodically and encourage me in the faith and in other things. And, you know, his passing really was bittersweet because he is with Jesus and he firmly believes that and he is in God's hands. He's you know clearly a believer and he's rejoicing in glory now. But on the other hand, you know, he's no longer around to be my mentor and he's no longer around to instruct me when I have questions or just to encourage me in the faith. So it is bittersweet, but I just wanted to pass on what I have learned from a mentor in the faith. And there are several lessons that he taught me. And one of the lessons, and I would say the foremost lesson from his life, which he lived out diligently, is prayer is a priority. Or said another way, make prayer a priority. And that was something he was always very passionate about, was prayer and the vitality of the prayer life of the local church and of the church universal, where he just really helped lead prayer ministries at our church. And anytime he had a chance to be present for prayer activities or to lead prayer activities or to encourage others through prayer, I mean, he reached out to me just a few months ago, like, hey, can you pray on the way home from work? Just give me a call. We'll pray together on the phone. And he just made time to do that with many of the people in the church. So a lesson that I learned from him spiritually is prayer is a priority or make prayer a priority. And another lesson that I really saw him live out was serve others. And I mean, I, I would add to this, I would add eagerly or willingly serve others because that's really what I saw him do is very humbly, very willingly, very eagerly just reach out. He was in church leadership, but it wasn't like 
I'm in church leadership. It was, I'm here in church leadership to serve, which I'll talk about here in a few minutes. But he was just always ready to serve others, to fill in where needed, to help out where needed. And I think that was something that he didn't really even ever say, nor did he really even ever have to say. My wife's grandfather always said, and it's something that stuck with me, there is more that is caught than is taught. Meaning, oftentimes we learn more from watching someone than from listening to someone. And so watching his life showed me and a lot of other people just really that willingness to serve others. So the next thing I learned from him was lead, as in you, go lead. And watching him lead was something very informative to me because there are many different styles of leadership. And you can learn a lot from watching anyone lead. You can learn what to do and what not to do. And with him, I really learned some really great lessons in servant leadership because his style of leadership was servant leadership, just like he was very eager to serve others. When he led, he used his leadership role to serve other people, to come alongside other people, encourage them, help them. And really, it wasn't seen as, here, I'm an authoritative person, you must listen to me. That was never, ever really in his demeanor, in his personality, in his bearing. It was very much, I am leading because I want to serve. And so he led oftentimes quietly. And he spoke often, but it wasn't speaking like, you must do this, you must listen to this. It was, let me share what's on my heart. Let me share some direction that I see. Let me share a passion that the leadership at the church has. And really just a quiet, but powerful servant leadership. So the first three things so far that I've covered, and then I have a couple of more. So one would be prayer as a priority or make prayer a priority. The other would be serve others or really eagerly or willingly serve others. The third would be lead, like you need to lead. And watching him lead, it was very much a, a passion and a burden for him to take up that mantle of leadership and to use it to serve others. And then next is love, as in you love, as in a verb, go love. And I just really saw his life as a life of love lived out. So love for God, first and foremost, which was very apparent in his prayer life, in his Bible study life, and just really everything that he had dedicated his life to. It was a life dedicated to love and love of God. And then love for his wife. I just really saw that actively lived out. Just his great love, the way he cherished his wife and was always there with her and for her and just a, a faithful partner to her, a faithful husband in the Lord, and just always there with her and supportive of her. Uh, love for his family, which he played a very active role in. And then love for the church. He loved everybody in the church where he served. And that was apparent from the first time visitor that walked in the door, whom he was able to greet, to those who were struggling in life, to those who weren't the most influential. He treated everybody the same. He loved everyone, was really just ready to encourage, especially, I mean, I saw him many times take people under his wing 
who maybe were struggling to fit in, who maybe were more quiet, more reserved, really hadn't found a place in the church. He would invite them to sit with him and just really would partner with them to make them feel loved and welcome. He just really lived out the love of Christ for everyone. So, so far, the things that I've learned from him, then I'll cover one last one, which I think is very important. But prayer is a priority or make prayer a priority. Serve others, lead, and love. And the last thing that I really saw him live out is look to heaven, right? Or look to eternity. This world is not our home. This life is very brief. And really his passion for someday seeing the Lord Jesus Christ face to face was just evident in his life. Apologies for that. That's my son's lightsaber that just powered off. Uh, He's been playing with them a lot lately. But something that I really saw in my mentor's life is just looking to heaven and my son's other lightsaber powered off. Unfortunately, editing with what I'm recording on right now uh, is very, very difficult to do. So I'm going to leave that in. I apologize for that, but it's going to be what it is because I'm really... I'm wanting to get this episode out because it's very meaningful to me. It's very important to me to share this with you and also just to unpack as I process everything that I've learned as well. So look to heaven or look to eternity. This world is not our home and this life is brief. It's as the psalmist said, but a vapor, it's a mist. It disappears quickly. We're like grass. We wither quickly, but That's not all there is to us. And so he very readily, you know, would talk about heaven and being with Jesus. And really, I I am very encouraged by his testimony with that and those who were able to interact with him in his last days just testified to the fact that he was just looking forward to meeting Jesus, looking forward to rejoicing in heaven and being surrounded by those who have gone before him in the faith. And because of his vibrant faith, you know, I, I have such hope and such encouragement that someday I will see him again in heaven and we will rejoice together as we see one another in the presence of the Lord. And so you know, that's really what I have learned through him. And I wish through my words, which... I just feel like are not able to convey what I've learned so poignantly from him. I just wish I was able to better capture the essence of him, who he was, and just his great love for the Lord and for others. And so, you know, if you haven't found a mentor, you need to find a mentor. We are not meant to live this life alone. We're not meant to walk this life alone especially this Christian life. If we are believers, which I hope you are, you need to be being discipled by someone. Someone that's this, I'm just going to say this, someone that's not on the internet. Someone that's like, I know, like if you listen to this podcast, that's awesome. And please reach out if you need to reach out. I would love to help you, but you need someone in person you can see. 
someone you can interact with, someone that has gone before you, has walked that road ahead of you, and is dedicated to the faith. So if you don't have that, you need to be reaching out to someone and say, listen, I see your faith. I've seen your walk. Would you be willing to just meet with me once a month? Pray with me once a month. Speak truth into my life once a month, right? Now, you do need to balance that with discernment, but you need to have a mentor. You need to have someone discipling you that has gone down that road further than you in the faith. And so the last thing I would say is if you don't have that kind of a mentor, you need to find one. Pray for one. Ask God to bring someone into your life to be that guide for you and to demonstrate through living their life in your view what a mature Christian walk looks like as a man. And so I would just encourage you, learn that lesson because that mentorship that my mentor poured into me has left lasting lessons. Now listen, I'm not perfect. I'm not him and he wasn't perfect, but I, I still am developing some areas that I saw lived in him that need to be developed more in me. But, and your mentor, by the way, is not going to be perfect, but it's really important to have that. So I just want to encourage you one last time. The things that I learned and I think are essential for all of us to learn is make prayer a priority, serve others, lead, love, and look to heaven. And that's all I've got for you for today. And I really appreciate you listening. And if you like the show, please leave a written review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you have questions or comments, hey, I just heard from a listener recently. Uh, so if you have questions, comments, reach out to us at info at that's info at headofnations.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to headofnations.com, click the support tab. Uh, listen, I know that website is just very basic. I learned some basic website formatting. All Everything you know, really was done from the ground up. So um, as we continue to grow and as we continue to get support, we can upgrade the website. But for now, I did my best. So, and I'll continue doing my best for the show and for the listeners. But if you go to that website, click the support tab if you'd like to support us. And then really, I'd just like to encourage you all to live that life that we're called to. Because remember, we are the head of our nations. So let's go live like it. Until next time.